Did you know that when a child gets seriously sick, 75% of parents separate or divorce? My guests will share how they turn their tragedy of the death of their son, Mitchell, into something meaningful while keeping faith in God's plan. Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ministry ideas and innovative approaches. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7 USA. To be a Christian in countries close to the gospel can seem like living within walls no one else can see. It is like being amongst a crowd, but still separate. It is like your life is in the space between parentheses. Sat7 broadcasts can go across borders anytime, anywhere. Through our four satellite TV channels, video on demand, social media channels, Sat7 airs culturally relevant Christian broadcasting in 25 countries across the Middle East and North Africa, reaching millions of viewers. Please visit Sat7USA, that's Sat7, S-A-T, number 7, USA.org, to understand better what is an isolated believer. My guest today is Beth Thorpe, an author and co-founder of the Mitchell Thorpe Foundation in Carlsbad, California. Beth joins me to tell her story of her family and how they created a nonprofit in honor of the tragic death of their son, Mitchell. So, Beth, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Glad to be here. It's great to have you, and thank you for reaching out. You have this incredible story to tell of uh, personal tragedy, but how God worked through you and your husband. And uh, I'm just impressed of how much you've done for other families that were in your similar situation. So uh, briefly bring our listeners up to this personal tragedy uh, that you you had. You've written a book about it. We'll get into that a little bit later, but just briefly describe this personal tragedy. Yes. Um no one ever wants to walk in these types of shoes, but if anyone's ever experienced loss of a loved one, um, in this case, it was a child for us, it's not a um, something you wish on anyone to have to right. go through. But uh, in our situation, we, um, we were a very happy, loving couple, living our lives, living our best lives ever. My husband in a totally different industry in the fitness and health and wellness industry. I was in the fashion business, had two beautiful boys. My husband was an ex-dodger. He played baseball. So baseball kind of ran through our family a lot. He uh, he just coached our boys up and uh, they also fell in love with the game. So baseball is a thread that kind of runs through the story as well until suddenly my son, um, Mitchell, at the age of 13, came home from school with really bad headaches. And then you think, okay, as a normal parent, all right, maybe you're coming down with the flu or something like that. You know, here's some medicine to to take the pain away and the fever and the whatnot. And then you go to the doctor and you you take all those steps as a parent would do, right? And you check off the boxes, but he wasn't getting better. And we're like, something is seriously wrong. And we're now we're speeding up the time frame and we're like, so he's not well. Something is seriously wrong. And as a parent, and especially a mama, they kind of know their kids really well. And there's something I kept saying to my husband, there's something more here that we don't understand that why is this pain still persisting in Mitchell and he's not getting better. So fast forward in and out of different hospitals. And, the, and this came out at the age of 13 for my son. And uh, we were always chasing pain and pain in his head, grabbing his head all the time. And you're like asking doctors, what's causing all this pain? And uh, so 
they ran every test that they know to do as doctors do in and out of hospitals. Everything came back negative normal, but you're like, no, he's not normal. There, there's still what's happening here. So it becomes very um, like a rude awakening to the medical system when you're dealing with a difficult case. Because after five years, Mitchell ended up passing away from an undiagnosed illness in and out of hospitals throughout the United States looking for answers. And um, even to his death, undiagnosed to his death. So that was a mystery to us, very hard, very hard to deal with. Right. And um and just crying out to the Lord, what is happening here? Why is this happening to us? What is going on here? So much chaos and confusion, uh, a period of life that um, we st- stayed faithful and praying to God, but we were trying to find clear answers and weren't getting any. And you keep knocking, you keep doing the next indicated thing as a parent, which you do because you go to the ends of the earth to save your child, and which we did, trying to find answers for him. Ultimately, though, when he passed at 18, um, it literally almost wiped us out. Literally, our marriage, our family, the heartbreak was so deep. It's the pain so deep in your heart. It's like a knife in your heart. You just needed someone to take it out and stop the bleeding. I could hardly breathe. And curled up in a ball, and the Lord spoke deep to my spirit because he knows how faithful my husband and I were. And he just spoke to my spirit, this is not the end. This is the beginning. And I sat up in my bed, and I was like, Look to the heavenlies, and I felt that in my spirit illuminate my mind how, how God speaks. And I said, Yes, it feels like the end. What does that mean? And literally that same week, my husband was at the local church here, and two young boys he coached in baseball, both had cancer. One had non Hodgkin's lymphoma, the other lymphoma, and both families trying to make ends meet, trying to figure out how to cover the bills. Because what happens? One parent has to quit their job to stay by that child, to advocate, take the doctor appointments and so on. So the right. bills keep coming in and that's where the spiral effect happens. So the stress load upon the families is so high and that's where the um, issues of marriage falling apart when families or have a child that has um, a very serious medical condition or a disorder, it just kind of wrecks havoc on a marriage, I should right. say. And that's what the enemy tries to do anyway. He's trying to destroy marriages and that's his his game plan. So, you know, we were like, no. So we knew our authority in Christ and we have, and that's the one point I'd point out to people if they have their faith in him, they need to know their authority and how to come up against the enemy. He was, I was struggling with him all the time. I've got your hands off my son in the name of Jesus. You know, always that, you know, and praying over him, we had pastors praying over our family and over Mitch and the whole thing um, during our journey. And ultimately, though, I had to come to the conclusion that no one could figure it out here on this earth, which was still astounding to me. But God knew he had to take him home to heal him because he's the master healer because no one right. could figure it out here. But that wasn't our end game. In my mind, I thought God would heal him here on this side of right. heaven. I was reading on your website that uh, children who get seriously sick like this, 75% of parents separate or divorce, and I think you've already alluded to that, the stress on the marriage is just so strong. Yes, it is. Like I said, it wrecks havoc on a marriage, whether it's not so much being sick, but it's a long-term condition. Like all of a sudden your family's, your, your child is brought into the hospital and say, we have really unfortunate news, your child's got cancer, or your child is born with a, a condition that's going to be a lifelong condition. 
Well, that mm-hmm. just literally flips the family upside down, inside out, as well as the marriage. And if you don't have a strong foundation with Christ and with your Lord, um, you're on shaky ground and you are going to fall apart. So we are very proud to say after 14 years now running the foundation, 100% of our families stay together and not in right. divorce. So we we offer up counseling services that they need it for the whole family unit including the affected child, the family, the siblings, the siblings get forgotten. So we try to bring that sense of normalcy, whatever that would be during that time, which is very difficult, as much normalcy as possible to keep that family functioning as best as possible. I think one thing that stands out to me as I look through the material is that your healing came through helping others. Yes. And talk to us a little bit about that process, how you came to that realization. Well, that, again, when God spoke deep within my spirit and then my husband's, when he was at the church and he had a calling as well, where God spoke to him saying, you know, we need to form a bridge and help many going through what we went through. And when he came home to tell me that same week I was suffering so, he said, Beth, I I have God spoke to me that we should start a foundation to help many form a bridge here. There's two children that I've coached that have got cancer. And I looked at him and I said, you want to do what? I'm still grieving, and yet I had to come to the conclusion going, ah, maybe that's what God meant, that this is not the end, that this is the beginning. So we got on our hands and knees. I said, we don't know anything about starting a foundation, but we're going to trust God does, and he knows the children and the families we need to help. So that's how we move and operate. And then we just began to form the paperwork. We created the 501c3, um, and we said, okay, God, here we go. Um, You know who we're supposed to help. And we started with one child at a time. And then here we are helping thousands of families and children later, giving back over $3 million back into the community, helping families with uh, lots of different programs. But the healing, I have to tell people, this has not come overnight. The healing takes time. It took from his death. And he never goes away. There's never a day. I don't think of my son. He's still on the forefront of my mind every day. You feel him every day. But it really was my husband and I coming to the place in our deepest pain of grief that we knew we needed help. We couldn't get out of the, we didn't know how to navigate. And that's what happens with couples. So the pain is so deep. They don't know how to navigate how to get out of this pain. And what happens is they'll either lash out at each other or whatever. Um, And this goes for many families, whether it's a sickness or um, a child commits suicide or things, and then they blame each other. And there's just all this havoc that, that happens in the marriage. So, my husband and I knew when it when it broke through, we sought counseling from a spiritual counselor. We went through grief share many a times over and over, but it got to the point where we knew we had to have one-on-one counseling. And it really was at that point, our counselor, so prophetic woman, took my husband and I individually and had to take us through an exercise of forgiveness. He first worked on my husband, and then she worked on me. And when the Holy Spirit gets you to the point of, you know, I'm talking about forgiveness of all the doctors that couldn't find the answers, all the people that said things that they shouldn't have said, family members that did things that they should, you know, all that builds up, you know, over the years. And you're like, you got to to break that off of you, which you, as men and even women, women express their emotions more than men, but it had to be broken off my husband because he was carrying it all and, and myself until you know you're a bawling mess on the floor, you know, so you have to have a counselor that you can just lay it out and be. And it wasn't until that next day, that transformation 
of breaking all that off of us that doesn't no longer serve us that we were hanging on to. It was almost as though, Dennis, we went through the refiner's fire and we were transformed and came out the other side that God took us through. And then I woke up the next day so transformed. I looked at my husband. I said, I don't want to do anything else on this planet unless it has eternal significance because nothing matters anymore. Right. Right. You lost everything. What else matters really in life unless you can be grateful to Christ because he's the ultimate healer. At the end of the day, he's God's the only one who can heal and redeem. And that's literally what happened. And it transformed us. We quit our jobs of what we used to do. We started this foundation and never looked back. And so we're, and that's a total trust. Right. How do you trust again when you're, when you've been hurt? Cause usually so, that's the hard thing for humans. When bad things happen, they think, Oh my God, God hates me. What did I do wrong? You know, and that's just human nature. We start walking. What did I do, God? What did I do? Why are we walking through this season of life that's been horrific? But we never know the mysteries. I still don't know and uh, to this day. And I probably will never know until I get to heaven. But I knew when I had to look back on it now, I can see the perspective and the fingerprints of God through our story and what came of this tragedy. But if we, my husband and I weren't obedient servants to listen to him, we would have totally dismissed it and maybe gone on with our lives and done different things. But we were obedient to listen to God, to know what to do with the tragedy, to create a blessing for others. And at the time, again, in your audience, we didn't know what that was. Right. You set a great example for so many other people. And one of my earlier podcast guests, uh, the subject was the trauma of unforgiveness. And it wasn't the abuse he had as a child, but it was a trauma he had because for decades and decades, he didn't forgive. And there's Mm -hmm. trauma in unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so I think you came to that realization as well. And uh, so let's move on to the foundation. And uh, you've written a book on Mitchell's life as well, A New Creation. And uh, I'm sure our podcast listeners are going to want to look at that book, order that book. So tell us how they can get uh, more information about this foundation and how you provide for so many other families going through what you and your husband went through. Okay, perfect. The foundation will talk first in the book. The foundation, as we grew, we have four programs, our medical and home assistance. We found that was the largest area that families needed assistance on. And that is basically anything in the United States, anything that's not covered under insurance. You know, over in Europe and other countries, sometimes their medical is all insurance and things are taken care of. But still, many families find spending 10000 to 80000 out of pocket here, just trying to make ends meet um, with other things that go along with um, helping a child. Uh, so we have our medical and home assistance program. Our second program was our healing and rehabilitation. We found that many families needed to continue the therapies outside the hospital once the child leaves. Also under that umbrella comes the counseling services, as I mentioned earlier. Our third program was our wheelchair conversion vans. We've we've helped families. Um, not all of them need it, but we've been able to help them. Um, understand how to get vans at a very at cost, and we'll help them with the conversion part for the wheelchair. 
And then our last program was our Youth Leadership Council, which was a beautiful thing that came out of it. We found that students like help, kids like helping kids. So right. now we have a actually a servant leadership program. We started 12 years ago of training up this next generation, what it means to be a servant leader and how to give back into the community. So they get involved with all our events. And so that's a beautiful thing also that came out of that. And I lost a child, but I end up with all these children around me now that we get to pour into and train them what it means to um, walk like Jesus walked and serving you've, others and helping others. You've helped hundreds of families, and that represents maybe thousands of people uh, because you don't just help the child, you help parents, you help the extended family and the extended families of them. So you've done a great job. How can people learn more information? Yes, um, they can go to mitchellthorpe.org. And then the book came out. Um, people over the years kept telling me, oh, you really need to tell your story all the things that happened and and how God worked in your lives. So I finally got to it during COVID, right? So um, everything shut down. So I kind of poured into it and took me 15 months to get it done. And another God miracle on that, you know, they say writing a book was hard, try getting it published. So then you're like, oh my gosh, how Lord, where do I go? Where do you begin? Right? So it's so overwhelming. And um, it literally was my very first book submission to a publisher out of New York. In my mind, I thought, well, go big or go home, you know, let's just start there. So, um, and it was, I got a miracle. I got a congratulations letter saying your book, I'm under the faith-based section of Morgan James Publishing out of New York. He says, we only publish 25 faith-based books and you're going to be one of them this year. So it just came out. Um, It's been out about five months, six months now. So been out promoting the book and it's a new creation, finding meaning in the midst of tragedy. And you can find it wherever books are sold online. Um, if your audience is overseas, um, across the world, probably online is where they would order it. Right. Um, and uh, But for those locally, um, you can get it at bookstores. Or you can actually go to my website, anewcreation.org, and I can personally sign it for you and um, get it out to you, mail it. So thank you. And um, if you know a family is going through what Beth and her husband have gone through, uh, be sure to share this podcast with them and uh, reach out to Beth. Uh, you can learn so much more from their website and then, of course, through the book that she's just written. Uh, so, Beth, it's great to have you on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast and share your story. All right. Thank you, Dennis, for having me. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm -hmm.